one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. It's all over. World Series of Poker for another year. November 9, finishing up uh, early this morning. Yeah. And we'll talk about that tonight quite a bit. Uh, I'll tell you what, Joe. Uh, you, you just never know what's going to happen. Sometimes you get to head-to-head play, and it can it can be over in a flash. Or you could have what we had last night, which was just an absolute marathon between Quee Win and Gordon Veo, who battled for about 8 hours and 20 minutes, 182 hands. And just to give you perspective, when they started November 9 and played down to 2, that was 182 hands. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's pretty amazing. So they doubled it just heads up with them, too. Yes, absolutely. And Anyway, Kui Win is, is our champion this congratulations year. Congratulations to Kui Win. And I know you were working and didn't get to see oh, uh, all so of it. that's so disappointing because, you know, the guy I was rooting for, you were rooting for... Uh, for Veo. Veo, yes, so you, you, you were a lot more vested in those final two. But I was rooting for Josephy, and he got there to the final day. Unfortunately, he couldn't get there. What I'm really upset about, though, Dave, is I really was intent on watching this year's because I enjoyed last year's. And, you know, on this show I've said how many times that I don't like watching poker, but I enjoyed it last year. Uh, Watched all of it until there was a winner, you know, uh, from day two on uh, because I I was working day three last year. But this year I had to work all all the days, Yeah, you know, with my new job at Dania and – so I got to see just little snippets of, of, of hands last night, uh, although one of them that I know you're going to mention later on in the show was very interesting. That you got a chance to see. Yeah, yeah we'll talk about that one a little so. bit. Um, it, it's kind of funny. I was uh, I was been traveling all weekend, so uh, you know I was obviously looking very much forward to it, but I was very busy, so uh, I didn't see too much of it. On Sunday, uh, I was on the way back from uh, New Orleans, and uh, a game that we did on Saturday, and then uh, flew out again Tuesday morning, yesterday morning, uh, to Muncie, Indiana. Flew all day, did the game last night, got back to the uh, the room, and I was just absolutely beat. And it was about 11 o'clock or, or 12 o'clock. And uh, they had been playing for a while, and uh, uh, I decided to go ahead and go to bed. And I said, well, I just, I'm just not going to be able to see it. So uh, I had an early flight, and I was planning to get up around 5 actually woke up around 4, and I said, ah, I'm not going to go to bed for sleep for an hour. So I got up and got some coffee, sat down, turned on the TV to check out the news or whatever was on. And they're still playing. Well, <laughs> they're, they're there. They're, they're playing. You know, the, the telecast came on, at, what was it, about 8.30, I think about it came o'clock. About 8 o'clock. So I was on the table. I saw them get started with three players. By the time I got off the t- by the next time that I could watch the TV, Josephy had already been eliminated. So they were heads up. You know, maybe an hour into it, if that. And right. I don't remember correctly because, again, I wasn't watching the time. But I saw they were heads up. Money was on the table. So, you know, I've, I've you know, you've mentioned on the show last week that I had started dealing at Dania. And they, last night, the poker room manager there informed me that he was going to make me a supervisor, a part-time supervisor also. He's been there three days. He's already so, promoted, Gio. So, uh, you know, I said, hey, no problem. He says, I, I know you've got previous experience. I said, yeah. I said, I'll try to help you, you know, whatever way you want me to. So 
I was kind of in, in dealing and in training last night, so I really couldn't see it. But it was funny because we, we, you know, I sat there because I'm going to be closing and I wanted to see the closing procedures. And he was going over this. When we finally start walking out of the poker room, I look up. It is about two in the morning, and like you said, I go, "Are you kidding me? These guys are still going at it at two in the when I morning." When I first turned it on, I thought it was by maybe a replay already, and I uh, was able to ascertain right away that they had been playing forever and were still playing live. And uh, uh, it was a great matchup. It was some uh, exciting play. Uh, Win uh, completely controlled the action from pretty much start to finish, but Veo did fight back a couple of times and got back to even. I don't think he ever took the lead. I, I listen. There was one hand, and, and the poker room manager uh, Omar at the Dania, you know, was telling me, "Hey, you know, he, he's he's uh, Veo's trying to take advantage of uh, of, of Quinn's. Uh, I mean, Quinn's Quinn's um, uh, aggressiveness." Mm-hmm. Uh, of which one hand I saw where he had checked on the river. He was first act, checked two pairs, and he goes, he knows this guy's going to bet uh, Omar told me, and sure enough, he did. He fired out like $20 million into like a 35 you know, almost $40 million pot already, and he fired, you know, something like 20-something million, it looked like, and uh, what was surprising is uh, Veo didn't re-raise him. He just quickly, you know, snap-called him, and, and his two pairs took it down real quick mm-hmm. and you know i think that was i guess that was his strategy since you said you know that uh win was very being very aggressive and uh so i guess he was hoping to to catch him being but, overly but not aggressive. only just straight aggressive but uh really kind of very uh, confusing and uh uh hard to put a put a finger on really yeah well listen i again without having seen without having seen what was going on um you know it's very hard for me to Again, you're right. Uh, the little that I got to see, the snippets that I got to see, Win was very aggressive. But you know, uh, it looked like uh, uh, Veo was just trying to pick him off. And, right. and again, uh, without having seen a whole lot of it, I don't, I don't know how well it was working and how he got caught with certain hands. Like I said, the the one big hand that he tanked for seven minutes was the one hand when I get off the table. So I'm going, okay, let me see. And he goes, oh wow, hundred thousand. I mean, a hundred million dollar bet. And and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And uh, you know, he, he made it. He made minutes. he made a great laydown. Yeah, yeah. He had a strong. Well, we'll get hand. back to that hand in just a little bit. Uh, I do want to kind of talk about the whole three days and where it went and where it started and where it finished. Um, you know, it's uh, we waited for this for a long time, and uh, obviously there was a couple of short stacks that went out early. Fernando Pons was the first one eliminated. And then uh, Jerry Wong, I don't know if you got to see any early action. Nothing. I didn't get to see anything from day one or day two, to be honest with you. You know, when I got to work last night is when I found out who the three finalists were, you know. So, but, uh, yeah, you know, it, I, I mean, I'm not going to stand to watch and replay seven hours worth well, of play. Well, I, I was thinking about that, play, but and I know that they're going to they're gonna be showing it again in an edited form. I think that they uh, edited a couple of the early shows down to like an hour shows, and uh, took out a lot of the stuff. So uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, know, you can play just, the interesting hands and go from there. It's not so. for everybody to sit there and watch it go on and on and on. But if you're a true student of the game, I think uh, you know the commentary by uh, by Helmuth and Negranu on the outside, and then uh, Antonio Sfandiari in the booth with uh, Norman Chad and, and Lon McCarran. Um, Three poker stiffs, yeah. huh? <laughs> well, they basically said that 
how much fun Kui Win was to watch play because he was so unpredictable, unpredictable, and uh, just you know kept mixing things up and shaking things up. And yet Veo, they were complimenting Veo, who played very very well and uh, never gave up. It was just a true battle of of, of wills. Yeah, well, you know Veo's going to battle you because when they were down 18, he was the very short stack. So it's such an impressive feat that he got to where he got to. You know that he wasn't eliminated before the final table, right? And and by the time he got to the final table, he was one of the bigger stacks. So, yes, yeah, sir. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. uh, just a little bit about Quee Win, by the way. Uh, Eight million dollars he wins. Eight million five thousand three hundred and ten dollars was the total, and uh, that was his his biggest cash of his career on the, on the books as far as like big name tournaments. Nine thousand twenty-nine dollars. Prior to this. Prior to this. Yeah, they're going to be. This is his first cash in the WSOP. God, well, hey, congratulations, sir! Congratulations. It's unbelievable. Uh, when we look back uh, to July, six thousand seven hundred thirty-seven entrants. Uh, One thousand eleven made the money with fifth, with the last place and and several above it making fifteen thousand exactly. Uh, playing for seven days and they brought it down to the November nine. Now uh, the first player knocked out was Fernando Pons. Uh, who had only six million chips going in? It was uh, we knew it was going to be tough for him, and he only lasted sixteen hands on okay. Sunday night. Uh, then our our friend uh, Jerry Wong from South Florida, Coconut who was Creek, the second? Who was the second? He was uh, eighth place heading into the final table. Got knocked out. Uh, he was the shortest stack at the time. Uh, got knocked out. And Griffin Benger, who started in seventh in chips, uh, was the next one knocked out. So. Uh, um, you know, you can't feel sorry for these guys. Jerry Wong wins uh, $1.1 million. Of course, a million of that was already yeah. paid out to him. So right, he made so. an extra hundred grand. But uh, Benjer collects uh, uh, $1.25 million. So, so he uh, picked up another quarter of a million. Right, exactly. So uh, so those guys got knocked out. And uh, then Kenny Hallert was out next. Uh, he got eliminated by Wynn. Uh, he's from Belgium, Belgium, and he was the one who was a... Uh, a tournament director over in Belgium. So, uh, you know, second consecutive year after Pierre Neuville last year uh, finished uh, in the November 9, the next second year in a row that a Belgian player made the final nine. But he gets knocked out in sixth place. Uh, and then, uh, so they played down to five then, and uh, they stopped on Sunday night. Uh, he came back on Monday and played and uh, only eliminated two players over that time. So it was a shorter day. Uh, Michael Ruan finished in fifth place. Uh, no, I take that back. It was uh, Wojtek Ruzicka finished in fifth place. Then they played for two and a half hours before Ruan finally got knocked out. Yeah, seems like seems like a short little short little game compared to the heads up battle. Two but and a half hours. But again, isn't the uh, the money jumps there starting to dictate some of that? Yeah, yeah, that's why it, it does because. I can't remember who mentioned something last year about how you have to look about your strategy because, you know, you used to get about a 200, you know, quarter of a million jump almost the first two or three spots that got eliminated. Then it jumped by five, six hundred thousand. Ever since they did the, the they, they revised this, you know, look, you know, Wong only made a hundred thousand for, for finishing one place higher than ninth. Uh, you right. know, the other guy made, you know, 150 more than, than Wong did for, for, for finishing in seventh. So, I would imagine, you know, obviously you have to be a little more aggressive, uh, especially the shorter stacks. And the bigger stacks can be aggressive against these people. But, 
you know, the money, like you said, starts taking a bigger jump once you get to four and five. Yeah, And absolutely. that's probably why the play took so much longer. Uh, Kenny Hallert earned uh, $1.464 million. Wojtek Ruzicka, $1.935. And Michael Ruan for his fourth-place finish. And he played very well, but he was... Uh, the other guys had quite a bit, quite a lot of chips, and he was the shortest stack by far, and so it was tough for him. But he hung in there, makes 2.576 million. Uh, so then they came back last night, and as you said, started around 8 o'clock. Uh, I guess it was 5, well, maybe 8:30 by the time they got started. 5:30 right. Vegas. We can time. remember it's a half hour. We were on a half hour delay, right? Right. 5:30 Vegas time. They finished at 3:20 in the morning Vegas time. Oh my. 6:20 here. 620 uh, here. That's re- unbelievable. Cliff Josephy, who started the November 9 as the chip leader with 74 million chips, he ends up uh, finishing in third place, 3.453 million. And Veo, for his second place finish, gets 4,661,000. We win the winner, $8,005,000. Well, congratulations to all nine of them. You, you know, think he left uh, that 5,000 as a tip? Uh, well, the, well, listen, I, I, I certainly hope so. I hope he left a little more than that, to be honest with you. <laughs> But, uh, uh, yeah, that was a great World Series main event this year, just like last year. It's, that was wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, it, of course, we'll be shown again, and uh, you can catch parts of it here and there. Uh, kind of funny that uh, a lot of the nice guys that made that final table, it was quite a while uh, after the uh, elimination of William Kasuf in 17th place that uh, really kind of was uh, – the end of an era as far as the tournament goes. I mean, he was obviously. Uh, That's made what a name every, for everybody's going to come away with that for this thing. You know, right. the, the man stole coming in seventeenth place. He did play great poker, whether you like him or you don't. My my brother and I had a very big difference of opinion on on on, on this gentleman here. My brother liked his style of play. I obviously did not. So, but you know, when you talk about the twenty sixteen main event. You know, congratulations to Mr. Wynn, but, you know, Mr. Kasuf stole the stole the, the, the limelight from everybody this year. Did you like the hat? Uh, the raccoon hat? That who? That, uh, that, that Wynn was wearing? Listen, all I know is that he stood like a statue with three fingers on the left side of his chest uh, for, I think, the whole seven minutes that uh, that, that Veo was was thinking, contemplating that call on that hand that we'll get to later. Yeah. Well, let's let's go to that now because I got it in front of me. Uh, at the time, uh, I don't have the, all the exact numbers at the time, but let's talk about the hand itself. Um, Veo raised to $4 million on the button, and, and Wynn called from the big blind. So the flop was ace of clubs, nine of clubs, ten of spades. Okay. Uh, Veo bet $3.7 million, and uh, Wynn check raised to $9.7 million. Uh, Veo called the additional $6 million. King of of Spades came on the turn. Right, so there was two clubs, two spades by by the turn. Right. Uh, big bet by Win twenty seven point seven million. Uh, Veo calls after about a minute of thinking about it. There's over eighty three million dollars now in the pot before the ter- before the river. Uh, it's the King of Clubs, so the third club coming out there, and uh, Win moved all in, and Veo uh, tanked for about. Seven minutes uh, before he finally decided. Yeah, because he was pushed all in there with the, over a hundred million chips. Now people are going to say, you know, Vale, you know, 
obviously I'm sure was trying to take take advantage of uh, wins their aggressiveness, but you know everyone in for, you know in foresight it's real easy when you're looking back and seeing everything after it's already occurred. But you know he flopped a monster with two you know with ace top and bottom pair, you know, and uh, I you know I don't know why he didn't push sooner. But uh, by the time that bet was made to him, you know, he sat there and tanked for seven minutes, you know, and the manager and I were talking about this because that's one of the one hand that I got to see is I didn't think he could make that call there. Right. You know, that that would have been practically for his tournament life, you know. uh, Again, I didn't know what the exact stack size are, but I know if he makes that call, either it's over or close to being over, you know, (laughs) one way or the other. And... You know, they're going, well, how's he going to lay down two pairs and, you know, when your head's up? And I said, well, listen, normally you won't, but this is a very unique scenario here where not only did the the flush draw that, you know, where two of them came on the flop came, but two kings came runner-runner. Right. Okay, so now a king beats you, you know. This guy, you know, his opponent could have had a king nine, you know, or king ten flop bottom or middle pair on the flop, and then all of a sudden gets there, gets the full house, you know. Um, the flush gets there. There's a straight. I mean, you've got way too many hands that that your opponent can have for him to make that. You know, his hand was polarized at that moment. Right. Either he has absolutely nothing, or he's or he's got you beat. And you know, he made a great lay down. Unfortunately, you know, in the long run, it didn't matter because he wound up coming in second anyway. But if he had won won the tournament. You know, we'd be talking even more on how impressed this, you know, his laydown was on this hand. Right. Do you feel, uh, what What did you think of the atmosphere there from what you could see? I know you didn't see a lot of it. But it's hard uh, for me to answer that, Dave, because I really didn't see it. I mean, I saw, I saw the rails for both of them excited and everything, but, you know, I can't comment on it because like, not like last year where I got to see it from six players down where, you know, you got to really see the atmosphere, the, the rooting for the individual players, so... You know, that's one of the things I missed out on this year by by not being able to see the show while working. One of the strange things, and I, you know, I, this is a you know a result of a lot of things. One uh, time difference in Vegas, uh, uh, the way you just can't predict what's going to happen in poker. But here is the biggest championship in the sport or the the game, whatever you want to call it, uh, and all of the action basically is taking place while three quarters of the country is in bed. Well. There's nothing. There's nothing you could do about that. I mean, unless unless you decide you want to start it at noon there, or not noon, but say uh, three o'clock. I mean, think about it. It started actually at prime time for the East Coast. To be honest with you, eight thirty. I mean, we're used to watching Monday right. Night Football and, and, at nine and o'clock. And they're probably figuring the three guys. You know, it'll be over by uh, noon. It'll be over by uh, eleven p.m. news. Exactly. I mean, last year's didn't didn't come anywhere near this amount of time. Yeah. Uh, but that's how poker is. It, it's a lot like baseball. You don't know how it could be. It could be a, a less than a two-hour game in baseball, which is rare now, but it happens. Or it could be a you know one of these marathon games. Uh, and poker, you know, again, the, the way of poker, you you obviously cannot. The only time you can kind of determine a short st- style is if they were heads up and somebody had like an eight-to-one chip lead over the other person. You know the short stack is going to have to double up two, you know, two to three times to all of a sudden make this a uh, uh, contest again, you know. And 
they got to that point. You know, they got to uh, not to that point uh, where they were apart, but you know, Veo kept fighting to where he was no more than two to one, one and a half, even. You know, and they just kept trading chips back and forth for a while, from what I could see. You know, the right. little that I got to view last night. What do you think the impact is on the game itself? Uh, you know, I know it take a few days to kind of uh, sort this all out and and maybe watch a few replays and that sort of thing to really come away with the the total impact. But uh, to me, they're all memorable. You know, I mean, I could unname all these players that were in the November 9 and and uh, some of the memorable things they did. But, but this one seemed a little bit different, and I, thought, I think it was good for the game. But different in what way? <clears throat> well, I, I just, uh, you know, it wasn't the kind of ABC poker that you always see and you just kind of know what the guy's going to do. Uh, there was just some bizarre things that happened, uh, especially the play of win, and uh, I, I enjoyed well, it. It was fun. He, I, you know, obviously whoever coached him and uh, and, and Vale's coach was Tom uh, Marquesi. Mar- uh, what is it, Tom Marquesi? Tom Marquesi. Marquesi was uh, he was on the rail. I saw that last night for a short bit, and it said it was Gore. He was Gordon's uh, coach. Uh, you know, Wynn was, I don't know who coached him. It was, they, uh, they it was a player named Young Fan from, uh, uh, I think, uh, Macau, maybe. Okay, so, you know, somebody obviously had to tell him he had to become very aggressive with three players. But, again, not having watched the two shows prior to that, I don't know if he came in that way from, from when there was the fi- you know, when they got to the final table with nine players uh, starting on Sunday. Again, I hate to comment on something that I saw, you know, very short amount of time. I found very interesting last year's main event final table. I thought it was, you know, very engaging the way it was. I would imagine this was the same, but you know, but without having really seen it. But uh, unless I really missed something that I haven't heard in, in the social media, you know, my takeaway from this is great as Wynn was in playing and, and, and Veo and coming back from being the short stack with 18 players, it's going to be Kasuf. And, and, all, and all the good and bad press that I think he's generated because, you know, there's been articles. We've talked about him. I'm sure every poker uh, show out there has been, you know, talking about this man. The, the rules guy and card player wrote out a big article on our friend Stacy and on that particular hand. I mean... This man, he became polarizing himself with the way he was acting at the table. And to give the man a lot of credit, even though I couldn't stand his delay tactics, he played excellent poker. Right. At least from the moment he became relevant, you know, relevant, excuse me, <laughs> can't, can't say that word out there. I can't get it out there. But from the moment he got, you know, uh, that everyone started noticing him, which I think was the Stacy hand. Right. You know. Or right before that, uh, shortly before shortly that. Shortly before that. Then it was it was the the you know it was the William Kasuf show uh, all the way until he got eliminated. Well, again, we go back to the question I asked you last week, and and it still remains to be seen, and that's whether, you know, that was his 15 minutes of fame, or if we're going to see him again and again, and he's established himself as maybe, uh, you know, whether polarizing or not, as a, an attraction in the game. Well, he was an attraction for this particular, you know, tournament. But we've seen engaging characters before, and, you know, we've never mentioned their names again after this, you know. Very few people, even from the final table, you know. Greg Raymer, Joe Hashem, you know, we've, you know, no one talks about Jamie Gold anymore that I know of. Right. You know, and he's been a guest on our show. 
try to do something here with some ships that, that he was on their show to, on our show trying to promote. You know, uh, Jerry, ya- uh, is it Jerry Yang. Jerry Yang. Jerry Yang, very nice man, wrote a book, but you don't hear a whole lot about him. Now we've mentioned about David Williams. There's a guy who who went deep, came in second, and you know, continued to play outstanding poker. But you know, a lot of these players just you know, you catch lightning in a bottle for the tournament time, and you go on. Now he's probably going to be given a lot more opportunities to to be a big guy, but uh, because of his antics and the way everything was, you know, the the showmanship that he that he did, that everything they put together on ESPN with him, the way people feel on both sides of the fence on this man, so he's going to be given every opportunity to try to become something big. Now it's going to have to be his play because, you know, if he gets eliminated on day one of most tournaments, you know, he's going to be, become a foregone conclusion right. real quick. Well, I'm going to hang on to a lot of these TiVo shows and, uh, and refer to them occasionally. We'll look at some hands uh, ourselves. Uh, there's, there's two guys out there. Jonathan Little is one. The other is Alec Torelli. And both of them I would love to have on the program. Uh, I know that they're both going to do some extensive analysis of some of these final table hands. And, uh, you know, be interesting on, on how they look at it from their point of view. Um, you know, you don't always hear uh, what Wynn was thinking on certain hands or whether we'll even get to uh, talk with him about that, uh, you know, on some major show or uh, replay or, or whatever. But uh, I think that's important to kind of come up with the mindset of the players making the decisions and whether it takes an expert to kind of uh, give you the pros and cons of each play and, and what was done, I think there's so much that can be learned from watching this stuff again. Well, uh, the commentators are the ones that are educating the, the public, in my opinion. I remember from last year, you know, uh, Antonio just making great, you know, great, and great he did, observations. He, did a wonderful job this he year would again. he would tell you what he thought the player was going to do, and like ninety nine out of ten times, it's exactly what happened. Daniel also. You know, well, there's a, there's a reason why these three men are at the top of the poker world. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And that Daniel and Phil are in the Hall of Fame. I'm sure Antonio's going to be joining them in the near future. You know, so, yeah, we're getting commentary from, you know, some yeah, of the will. best players that, that yeah. uh, you know. And, and we'll continue to delve into this because there's a lot of stuff out there that we can do. Well, uh, let's take a break here on the show. And, and, oh, and, I, I, and I just want well, listen, when we come back from our break, yeah, I'd we'll, like we'll to take a moment to, to, con- to say hello okay. to a fan of ours that uh, made my night the other night. Okay, we'll get to that in just a moment. First, let's tell you about Gulfstream Park, our friends in Hallandale Beach, uh, located in the southern part of Broward County and just north of the Dade-Broward line. Uh, one of the great poker rooms here in South Florida and a place that we love to go to. Of course, they have horse racing. They have slot machines. They have uh, shopping, dining, and uh, all kinds of clubs and everything in the village of Gulfstream Park. But we like the poker room, and that's where we spend a lot of our time. And uh, play a few games there. Uh, nightly at uh, 7 p.m., they have a tournament each night, uh, which you can get involved in, which is a lot of fun. Or you can uh, get in the cash games, go on all day long. They're open 24 hours on the weekend. Friday and Saturday nights go straight through. Uh, they close for about f- uh, four to five hours uh, during the weekdays at 4, 4 a.m. And then reopen back again at 9 in the morning. So uh, uh, it's a great place to be. Gulfstream Park, it's located at 901 South Federal Highway. It's in Hallandale Beach. Very easy to get to from all parts of, the, of Dade and Broward and Palm Beach County. And uh, we certainly say a visit. Is should be on your agenda as uh, we head into the winter season here. 
the championship racing season starts the beginning of December, and we'll have a lot of fun checking some of that stuff out as well. We'll talk about some of the promotions upcoming, uh, but it's uh, it's a great place to be, a beautiful place, nice and clean, nice people, and we suggest you give it a try over there in Hallandale Beach. Uh, if you want any information about the games being spread there or the um, tournaments and uh, what's involved in their loyalty program, you can give them a call, 954-457-6336. That's 954-457-6336. Gulfstream Park, welcome to your playground. This is Poker Action Live. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet. It will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. And their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Tuesday nights on WFO Radio are all about Nitro. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the live edition of NHRA Tuesday Nitro. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally every Tuesday night following NHRA national events. Tony Schumacher. Tony, welcome back. Love being on the show because you usually meant. We did something absolutely amazing. NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime at WFORadio.com. Do you like poker? Poker Action Line. Do you like poker? Poker Action Line. Poker Action Poker Action Poker Action Poker Action Action Line. Poker Action Line. Poker Action Line.com. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez here on the heels of another great November 9. Uh, Joe, back out in the working world, and uh, you looking forward to doing some uh, flooring? I guess uh, I guess that kind of mixes things up a little bit. It, it does. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed it. And now that I've had a week and change in there, you know, the, the, the old feel of the cards is coming back. You know, I'm getting my speed up. Uh, making a lot less mistakes than I made the first few days. They were all small mistakes, but you know, it just comes from 
having 22 years of not being out on the, on the tables, except, you know, right. other than a hand here and there when a dealer needed a break back in the day. But uh, it, it felt really good, and, you know, uh, I'm, you know, I'm always one joking on the table and right. making people well, laugh with my well, quips and everything else. The fun else. thing for, really, uh, the beneficial thing for the program is uh, you're out there now and you're getting some direct feedback on the show from some people. Oh, yeah, and that was a big surprise, Dave, and I, I'm going to mention this young man's name in a second, but I was about to do a push on a table when a gentleman on Sunday comes up to me and he says, excuse me, are you Joe Rodriguez? And I say, yes, I am. He goes, hey, listen, I just want to tell you, I love your show. I listen to a lot of poker shows and you and Dave do the best show you know he made my day on top of telling me all of that you know he says it in front so now the people at the table now start asking me because he was playing on a different table and he starts you know and so when i said i thank you so much this is uh bryce this is for you bryce from coconut creek that you mentioned that jerry wong was from there uh earlier from the november nine uh i know bryce is uh taking a trip he told me uh to indiana have a safe trip there, going out there with his wife. But uh, he talked me up there. Then about an hour later, I get to push his table, and he's telling people, hey, you know, you got a star dealing to you guys here. And uh, he built it up. So, you know, he, he was promoting our show, which I love, and, and I can't thank you enough, Bryce, for that. Uh, but it was so nice to also hear the other people interacting. All of a sudden, oh, you do a radio show? You do this? <laughs> so, you know, these are some of the old timers there. And, uh, yeah, it's, it was a lot of fun. It's great whenever, whenever we hear from a fan out yeah. there, Dave. You know, when we go to functions, this is at my job. So, you know, Bryce just made my whole night that night. And uh, just wanted to say thank you, Bryce, for, for making my night and, and for listening to the show. And uh, we did want to pass along another email where you can reach us on the program. It's uh, uh, Dave Big Lem, not uh, Big Dave Lem like we normally <laughs> use, but uh, switched around. Dave Big Lem, uh, L-E-M, at gmail.com. If you want to drop us a line uh, to ask us any questions, we'll try to use them on the show. And uh, the other one that we had uh, is kind of uh, petered out as far as uh, effectiveness on uh, what happens when they get hacked by a lot of uh, a spam and that sort of thing. So wow. uh, this is one I'd like people to, if they want to contact Excellent. us. Excellent. Now, Dave, do you know that I'm talking about my job? i got a very interesting story to tell you from last night. Okay. Okay. And it, it interacts with this plane here now and at Miami Highlight. Uh, our, our promotional high hands from 11 to close is a unique four of a kind. You can only have a four. You can't have a, a straight flush or anything less. It has to be four of a kind. So I deal the four of a kind by turning a three and rivering a three, and a gentleman had pocket threes, and he hits it with only 25 seconds left in the hour to collect the high hand. Okay. He wins $900. Okay, very happy. Now I'm going to tell you a little story about the gentleman who won the hand without mentioning names. He used to be a regular at uh, Miami Highlight where I, where I was the poker room manager, and um, right before the hand... Right before the hand, he had been looking at me, and I said, do you recognize me? These were his exact words. He goes, of course I recognize you. How am I going to forget someone who had me arrested? <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, I did not have you arrested. I threw you out of my poker room because you were about to get into a fight, and I threw both of you out. You got arrested because you came back because you, you defied a trespassing order that you get once you get thrown out. And he walked back into the poker room to complain about that. And the cop came running towards him and handcuffed him right, right in front of me. But uh, 
to, to my major, major surprise, he still tipped me fifty dollars for that high hand. Wow! So, so I I don't know what I did, but you know uh, I, I I never expected to get a tip from this gentleman, and uh, you know especially when he starts the conversation. Of course I remember you. You're the one who had me arrested. So uh, you know I I don't know. It's been strange to say the least. Yeah, certainly a lot of fun. Uh, I did want to run down the results uh, over at uh, the Isle Casino, which held their uh, Isle Open uh, main event. And finished it up on uh, Monday. Got a chance to slip by there, and uh, knocking out, uh, getting knocked out in tenth place. They had the final ten came back for the last day. Uh, Ryan Gianquitti, who I have played uh, a little bit of poker with uh, over the years in uh, a couple of tournaments, he probably doesn't remember playing against me, but uh, uh, certainly a very good player. He finished in tenth place. Paul Balzano, who made a deep run in the Seminole Hard Rock uh, tournament in August, finished in ninth. Uh, eighth place was uh, Alfonso Perez, also of Coconut Creek. Seventh, uh, Michael Foley of uh, Beltsville, Maryland. Then Josh Hillick, who's been a friend of the show for a while. We, uh, I don't think we, I don't know if we've ever had him on the show, but we've uh, interviewed him and talked to him quite a bit uh, at different poker rooms and tournaments. He finished in sixth. Fifth was uh, Alex Wynn. Uh, Taking home 31000 for fifth place. Top four, Sam Pansica. Now, this was the interesting thing about the tournament, in my view, is that back in uh, their last tournament, the Florida State Poker Championship, which was back this summer, uh, Sam Panzica was the winner. Isaiah Goldman was uh, the second-place finisher. And uh, they came back. Here they are both at the final table now. This time, Panzica finishes in fourth place. And uh, Goldman finishes in second, so uh, another Finish nice second, Both times in second. Both times in second place, and both paid about the same, about $96,000. Not too bad. Congratulations. Uh, third place was uh, A.J. Gambino. Uh, Isaiah Goldman, who is a regular Gulfstream, by the way, uh, finished in second. And the winner, who I did not know and uh, still don't, but uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll get to know him along the way. Kingsbury, Connecticut is his hometown. Edward Novak the winner of the Isle Open main event uh, earlier this week. 166000 for first. Goldman's uh, final payoff was 97.5, And third place was uh, Gambino winning 63000 So another nice tournament. It was uh, uh, 500000 guarantee, and they, they, they actually smashed it uh, pretty, pretty uh, readily. Uh, $1,500 buy-in, and they had 466 players. So still getting some nice turnouts. Excellent. Everything Excellent. is not just hard rock down here in and, South Florida. And I know, sure. and I know the all was missing a, a couple of their tournament players because they're in Aruba at the PPC. Yeah, World yeah. Dave, I saw so. Dave Berman over there, and he said he was headed down, looking forward to it. So uh, that got underway today, right? Uh, the the yeah. Well, I believe the main event starts uh, the the day one a. Uh, uh, is tomorrow. Yeah, the it's third, tomorrow. I think. Yeah. On the third, then day uh, 1B is Thursday, then they come back Friday, Saturday, and into Sunday. It's either Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday to finish it out, or to tomorrow and You Thursday. sad to miss that? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, I, I've, you know I've had a great time while I'm down there, and, I, you know, I can't say it in many enough times, but Aruba's absolutely gorgeous. The beach is like sugar sand. Uh, the water is just incredibly warm and, and clear, and it's and you know I get treated. Let me tell you, you know I've I've been treated like a king every time I've been there from the staff, you know, 
at the Hilton, which used to be the Radisson. Mark Charlie, who runs the, the casino over there, you know, I, I, I have really been treated very, very well, including my wife has been treated very well. So, yeah, I am missing it. Yes, I am. Well, we'll, of course, uh, report on what happens down there. I know, obviously, uh, Ronnie Barda's down there and uh, Mark Kroon and, and a lot of the and buddies of uh, Sandy and and uh, Brian that they have uh, brought in over the years and a lot of other great players, too, from and, South Florida. And here's the funny part. I texted a player that I met uh, in Iowa at Council Bluff. And then he followed to Kansas City uh, with Braxton and his and, and and his wife Julie, you know, just just two of the nicest people you can you can meet. And they live in California. And uh, it was funny because I was thinking about them, and I just texted him, and he was on his way to the airport to take get on the plane to fly down there when when he texted me back. So. You know, I've had the privilege of meeting a lot of nice people while representing PPC, and uh, you know, Sandy and Brian just do a tremendous yeah, job yeah, of, great, of great putting generous. that tournament on and making that tournament grow. And yes, I'm I'm missing it a whole lot to see this year's. <laughs> I wondered if it was going to be one of the people that I saw win while I was representing them earlier this year. Oh, one thing I had forgotten, uh, I did want to run that interview with Isaiah Goldman. Uh, I talked to him before the final table. Uh, didn't get a chance to get back there and catch the final action, so I didn't talk to him after. But uh, here's what he had to say before the event. Talking with uh, Isaiah Goldman before the final table of the Isle Open. This is a familiar scene now here back again a couple months later after finishing second in the Florida State Poker Championship. Uh, do you feel like you have confidence when you walk in here now? I know you're not a big tournament player, but all of a sudden here you are back in the same situation again, second in chips. I think, uh, I think this is my lucky casino. <laughs> it seemed to run good in this casino. So, it's Also, you're going to have Sam Panzeca in here uh, as uh, one of the chip leaders, and, and you, you chopped with him in the last tournament as well. Right. Uh, are you going to attack him a little bit differently or uh, just see how things go? I think I'm going to stay out of his way. I mean, I told Sam, let's go 1-2 again, but uh, he's a great player, so I, I don't like dangling with him too much. Right. Uh, you said that you didn't play that many tournaments, but that after that one, you might increase more. So uh, have you have you played a little more tournament action? I'm about uh, 0 for 6 on tournaments since then, so <laughs> this is the first time cashing since the last time. Is there any kind of feeling of the, you know, you say Lucky Casino, you're joking around, but is there any kind of a home field advantage kind of thing here? Not really. I think just as the tournament goes on, as the blinds get a little bit bigger, I get a little more comfortable with it. You know, the, the boredom factor kind of goes away, and you can just play, you know, just get into a, a little bit of a rhythm with it. Okay. Second last time officially, uh, you know, maybe go over the top and take the trophy on this time. Right. Well, my buddy says, my buddy Danny Swayed says, uh, you know, you can spend the money, but you always get to keep the trophy. So, exactly. exactly. Good luck today. Thank you. Isaiah Goldman, second-place finisher of the Isle Open. And uh, we'll, we'll talk, obviously, with a lot of South Florida players here during the month of November. Two big tournaments coming in. Uh, the uh, November 10th through the 21st is the uh, the uh, World Series of Poker Circuit at the Palm Beach Kennel Club. So uh, look forward to uh, maybe even playing an event up there. We'll see what the football schedule looks like. But uh, uh, always a great tournament. And uh, Noah Carbona just put out a story on that in the current issue of Annie Up Magazine in, in my discussion with him. And he's very excited about them having uh, you know a second event in November instead of September, which they did last year. Uh big difference as far as the tour season goes well it is because remember in september schools has just started for many people in different parts of the country here in florida it starts in august 
When I lived up north, it started in September. A lot of expenses, so I guess travel plans kind of get put on hold at that time. Right. And, uh, you know, November, you, you get them right before Thanksgiving. They're kind of in a, I would hopefully mean like a party atmosphere, so it's a lot of fun. And um, listen, uh, I didn't check last year's numbers out for NOAA when they had the second circuit event, uh, but I know that the one that they have in February, you know, I believe more than doubles, and they have, you know, they, they if they're not number one, they're number two every month in revenue. Right. And in the month of February, it, you know, they just, you know, they just doubled their revenue there. So, it's it's been a great union for both of them, I would assume. I'm sure the WSOP is very happy with the Palm Beach Kennel Club. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, the Hard Rock in, in Hollywood also has a big tournament coming up. Uh, uh, they have the Fun in the Sun Poker Open is later in the year. That's right after Christmas. But the big one coming before that is the uh, Rock and Roll Poker Open. And we'll be looking at some of that. Uh, they'll have a couple of live streams going on uh, during the big events. They're going to have uh, a $1 million guaranteed opener. They're going to also have a high roller, a 50K high roller. You know, uh, the, In talking with some of the players, they felt there was a demand not just for a 25K, which they've run in the past, but a 50K high roller. They're going to do that this year. There's also a 570 buy-in tournament with a 250000 guarantee. And uh, the main event for the Rock and Roll Poker Open is a $2 million guaranteed championship. And uh, we'll be checking all of that out, of course, and, uh, and talking with some of them. It begins on November 16th uh, in South Florida here in Hollywood at the Seminole Hard Rock. And we'll be looking at some of that uh, over the next uh, couple of weeks as we pre- preview some of that. But two big tournaments down here, and uh, really kicks off the season a little bit early, Joe. I think uh, uh, you know you think about uh, January being the start of really the poker year, but uh, you know you got to cash in when people are starting to get ready to come down here when the weather starts to change. Although it's been very warm up north this year, different this year. It really has, but uh, you know. We still get our, our, our more than our fair share of snowbirds coming down oh, here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, listen, anything that helps promote poker here in South Florida, from you know, from all the way from West Palm Beach, uh, even Melbourne, coming down all the way down to Miami, is great for us. And anytime we have any of these high-profile tournaments, it's just absolutely just keeps you know showcasing our city. Right, exactly. Uh, Poker Night in America is coming back to uh, shoot uh, several of these uh, tournaments. Uh, They're going to live stream starting on November 20th, and we'll shoot all the way through the 30th. So uh, not only just final tables, but there will be some cash games mixed in between. They're going to do another ladies' night on Saturday, November 26th. They'll have a, a high roller cash game on the 25th. So you get to see a lot of the stars of the game here in South Florida and, uh, you know, good viewing areas uh, to see some of that here at the Seminole Hard Rock. So we'll check out some of that. Looking forward to that when it comes down uh, later in the month. Before that, we'll be heading up to Palm Beach Kennel Club for a few of those events, and uh, we'll be talking to some players and uh, reporting on that to you as well. So it should be a lot of fun, and uh, we'll look forward to it. Anyway, let's take our uh, last break on the show. Uh, we'll tell you about Gulfstream Park, which is in Hallandale Beach. And uh, not far from a lot of other casinos, but it's uh, our, our venue of choice for a lot of reasons. And uh, certainly uh, a well-run room where you can get a good fair game and where you can enjoy yourself with a lot of nice people, not only employees, but uh, other players there, staff, and uh, 
They'll really take care of you. It's located at 901 South Federal Highway in Hallandale Beach. Easy to find if you just uh, are coming from up north. Head down 95, get off on Hallandale Beach Boulevard, head east toward the beaches, and you'll find it right there on the corner of Federal Highway and Hallandale Beach Boulevard. If you're coming from the south, a uh, good way to get off is Ives Dairy Road or Miami Gardens Drive, and then head up US-1 as well. Uh, a scenic view and uh, a lot of fun. It's a nice place and uh, certainly have uh, good games there. Uh, as far as uh, dining uh, extravaganzas, all over the place. Uh, right in the main track, they have uh, several great places. They have Frankie's uh, located right near the track, and also the uh, Adina Wine Bar and Grill. Several other new restaurants there, but some of the old standbys like Brio and uh, Cantino Laredo, Laredo uh, the Three Forks, uh, great pizza place called I think it's called America's Pizza. Uh, certainly a lot of fun there over at Gulfstream Park. You find what you're looking for in just about any type of venue, and it's good for the whole family too. A great weekend day uh, when this winter season rolls around and racing starts in again. I'm sure they'll have the morning uh, breakfast chats with some of the uh, jockeys and trainers. They'd come by and talk to some of the fans. You can get a tour of the backstretch and a lot of great stuff on Saturday morning. So uh, we'll be looking forward to that as well. Um, very easy to get to. Uh, the phone number, if you're interested in any poker action, is uh, 954-457-6336. That's 954-457-6336. Gulfstream Park, tell them that Big Dave and Joe sent you over. And have a good time. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us and the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Welcome to today's lottery drawing. And today's winning numbers are not yours, not yours, and another number that's not yours. And the final number is not yours. When it comes to having money, don't rely on luck. Brew your own coffee at home instead of buying that latte. 
Brown bag it to work instead of ordering in. Go to feedthepig.org for more free ideas on how to save. Feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Final segment of the program, Big Dave and Joe here on a, uh, another edition of Poker Action Line. Don't forget that we, you can always find us on uh, our website at PokerActionLine.com. You can find us on iTunes. Just simply search Poker Action Line. Stitcher Radio is a good one to find us on the Poker Fuse podcast page. And uh, one of our favorites is the Hold'em Radio Network that carries our show on a regular basis each week, usually on Friday nights around 8 o'clock, so a nice primetime slot, and then they'll replay the show a couple times during the week. But uh, a lot of good shows on there, and I, I suggest you check that out. Hold'emradio.com is the place to go for that one. So uh, the other thing I wanted to mention briefly before we uh, finish off with a little look at uh, the uh, WSOP circuit is uh, the Poker Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, we had... Uh, uh, I haven't had a chance to see the, any of the ceremonies, but uh, Carlos Mortensen uh, got in and also Todd Brunson. We did mention it briefly last week, but uh, one thing that's kind of impressive uh, for whatever you could say about Todd Brunson's personality or, or our, our dealings with him is that uh, it's kind of a unique to have a father-son combination uh, be inducted into uh, Poker's Hall of Fame and uh, got that done over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, listen, congratulations to both uh, Todd, uh, you know, and um, and Carlos. So, you know, Carlos, well-deserved. A lot of people have been saying he should have been in there sooner than this. And, uh, yeah, and the uniqueness of the father and son team entering into the Hall of Fame. So, congratulations one, to both. One of the big, uh, not, not so much in tournaments, but one of the big uh, accomplishments of uh, Todd's career was... Uh, battling it out with Andy Beal, and there was later a book wrote, uh, an excellent story, Michael Craig wrote, called The Professor, the Banker, and the Suicide King, uh, about big high-stakes games, $10 million-plus victory, uh, as was really the responsibility of uh, Todd Brunson. There were some other guys, Gus Hansen, I think, was involved, and, and Ivy, and a, and a few other players, big-name players back then. But it was uh, Brunson who really came in and kind of turned that whole thing around. They were down about $2 million. They came back. And uh, won about ten million, as it turns out. Well, I, I, well, yeah, he he started the turnaround. I think Ivy kind of put the yeah. nail in the coffin. Yeah, I think so as well. But anyway, there's a book uh, out there. It's very entertaining that I suggest people check out as well. The Professor, the Banker, and the Suicide King, written by Michael Craig, is is the name of it. Uh, Mortensen is the first ever European in, inducted into the Hall of Fame, which is. Uh, been long overdue, and I'm sure we'll have a few more over the next uh, few years. But uh, you can go way back to 2001 with uh, Carlos Mortensen when he won the WSOP Championship. And he's the leading all-time money winner on the World Poker Tour. Three titles and has won both the World Championship and the WPT World Championship. Uh, the WSOP and the WPT World Championships. And he's won over eight, uh, $6.8 million in his career playing poker for over 20 years. Uh, some of the people who didn't get in that could get in the next few years, uh, especially Europeans, so you have Devilfish Uliot, you have uh, Chris B. Oren, Umberto Brennis, Bruno Fatusi, Max Pescatori, all uh, fell just short when you get a chance again next year. Uh, Eli Alesra was one of the ones uh, who is now a U.S. citizen. And then, um, you know, a lot of people will debate this over the years, how uh, 
Chris Moneymaker and Matt Savage, uh, how deserving they are to be in the Poker Hall of Fame. I think they both uh, need to be in there. Well, and I think they need to, you know, listen, it's been done like this now for however many years, you know, the Poker Hall of Fame's been around. What is it, since the 80s that they started this? Right. But uh, let me tell you something. I think that this should be something along the lines of, you know, whoever's voting, you do this, and if a large percentage of them, like they do in baseball, where 75% of them vote you in, so whether it's one, two, three, or four deserving people, I don't think it takes anything away from it. And if you don't get it, well, one person gets in, and and you go from there. But, uh, you know, every year there's a lot of, you know, very very great qualified candidates that are not getting in because you know they're limiting this to two to two players in right. a year a max i don't understand what the reasoning is behind yeah. that there certainly be doesn't seem you. to be uh, continued support it, for that because there's so many big name players year after year now yeah and 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 the you know how poker has really grown now and this is, i think it's another way for you to grow uh, the, Your game, the game yeah. of poker uh-huh. By making that Hall of Fame, you know, have some of these great and interesting characters of, of poker, you know, uh, you know, great, not only great players, but great characters, like I said, that, that you know, that, that their life is very, very interesting, how they went from, you know, whenever they started playing poker to where they are today, you know, and the, and the road and everything they had to go through to get there. I think that would really help, you know, instead of just two people, you got three or four of them and, you know, People can talk about three or four different people. Can shows like ours can take two or three weeks to talk about different uh, members that are people that are going to be going into the Hall of Fame. So, uh, hopefully, in the near future, they'll change that. Uh, you know, come up with some sort of system that that could allow if they're, to, if, if they're deserving of it of more than two people getting in. Right, for sure. Uh, did want to take a quick look at the Palm Beach uh, Kennel Club Circuit event. It starts on November 10th. Of course, most of the action up there in the poker room, uh, tournament room, up on the second floor, uh, inside uh, kind of like the top of the back stretch, or not the back stretch, the top of the uh, home stretch. Home stretch. So you can see the the dog racing going on and uh, a lot of great stuff. It opens on the 10th, which is a Thursday. There'll be a noon tournament, uh, 365 buy-in, and uh, monster stack is what they call it. Uh, then they'll have... Uh, a, a couple of re-entry tournaments, uh, No Limit Hold'em, but also 365. Uh, that will be event two, which will have four opening sessions. So uh should be a pretty nice uh, uh, prize pool in that one, no question about it. Uh, event three is also 365, No, no Limit Hold'em. There will be uh, a Pot Limit Omaha 8 or better, which is event five, also 365 buy-in. Uh, a Six Max Tournament is uh, on the 15th, which is a Tuesday starting at noon. Of course, there's events each night in the evening as well, so people will have some fun. There's a ladies' event uh, at 2 p.m. on Saturday the 12th. Then later on in the tournament, they'll have uh, a double stack event, uh, is event 8. And then the main event is uh, event 10, which is 1675 buy-in. Uh, no guarantees this year in any of the events, but... Uh, I think you can expect a pretty nice uh, prize pool in that and, uh, of course, a chance to win a circuit ring. So uh, look forward to that. Muckle Pahuja uh, won this tournament last year and uh, Daryl Fish the year before. And that's the fall event of the World Series of Poker Circuit. 
there will be a senior event. It's not a ring event, but they will be uh, starting um, Sunday the 20th at 10 a.m. Might be one for me to get involved in. Uh, we'll see. And uh, event number uh, 11 and 12, both 365s, one a no-limit hold'em and the other a turbo. So uh, 12 rings in 12 days, and uh, we'll be covering that as well, checking out all the action up there in Palm Beach, and uh, always a good time. Yep, Eric, they, they put on a great, great, great tournament up there, as we both know. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, that's going to do it for the show. We're going to do some more research on the November 9, have some stories that will come out of that. We'll grab some hands and work on them. Of course, it just ended this morning at 6.20 this morning. So uh, not a whole lot of analysis about hands and that sort of thing. But we'll we'll work on that over the next couple of weeks and uh, talk about what's happening. And then we'll get into some of the action of the local tournaments here. And then we head into the winter season and uh, some of the uh, yearly player awards and that sort of thing. And then everything cranks up again back in January. Yep. PCA, Aussie Millions. Everything. Everything. All kinds of stuff. Anyway, good luck at your job over there at Dania Highline. People stop in there and say hello to Joe, who is uh, not only dealing now, uh, a poker dealer, but also he'll be uh, working the floor as well as a supervisor. Yeah, well, actually now I'm going to be supervising on Sundays, but while I was dealing, I was going to tell you, look for the Namath jersey that went for the football. That oh, wear boy. There, so. Sounds good. Anyway, thanks for being with us tonight. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Gio, for all your help as well. And we'll look forward to another show next week. I'm back on the road tomorrow. I'm flying out to Boise. So a uh, long weekend for me and traveling. And uh, we'll have another show for you next week here on Poker Action Line. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week on another edition of the program. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.